Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. and uh, We'll begin with verse 5. The Apostle Paul, in the first part of Ephesians, as he does in most of his epistles, lays out the doctrinal beliefs that we're to have. And then the last few chapters of each uh, of these epistles, he, he says how that doctrine should affect the way we, we live. And I think he's telling us to stay at it uh, tonight. That's what I've entitled it. <clears throat> and so uh, Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse 5, he says, Bondservants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is slave or free. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for all that you're about in our life, in our church, in our community, even in our nation. And Lord, It's by your grace that we are here tonight. It's by your grace that we've been saved. And we stand in that grace, uh, praising your holy name tonight. Uh, We're here to worship you. So guide us uh, in spirit and in truth to do that. Uh, Lord, during this portion, when we look at your word, uh, make it very clear and understandable uh, to us. And so uh, just, uh, just teach us as only you can in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, My... uh, Niece, uh, Scotty Lynn, uh, uh, is, a, is a wonderful Christian lady. And her mom and dad were just really pushing her to do something in science. They wanted her to be a doctor or a nurse or something. And so that's what she majored in. And she ended up rooming with the girls for a couple of years down at UCA. And, then, and she actually got her science degree uh, from there. And then basically she graduated, told her mom and dad, Okay, and I got my science degree, and I'm going to do what I want to do since I was nine years old, which is be a mortician, okay? And she went to, to school out in Indiana, and now she is running her own, uh, uh, I mean, she works for a company, but she's in charge of, of her own uh, office and, and building now. And so I thought that was rather uh, funny that we push our kids and push our kids thinking what they need to do, and then they say, well, here's what I think God called me to do and what I want to do. But it was amazing to me that... Rebecca, from the time she was that age, wanted to be a school teacher. And Scotty wanted to be a mortician. Okay. And uh, why, I don't know. She had a lot of fun with me because she would call me Scotty Wood and she'd say, Uncle Gary, guess what we did today? And she would describe in detail what they learned how to do that day. Until I said, Scotty, enough. So... uh, there's a lot of dissatisfaction in what we do. Sometimes I think it's because we do what we think we need to do to make money rather than what we've been called to do, what God has called us to do. Uh, you see, uh, they did a survey and said that uh, 80% of American workers don't like their jobs. Now, that's, that's a lot of folks. And they related that to two different things. First, it relates to our pay. Uh, one, one guy said, I wouldn't mind the rat race if they'd give me a little more cheese. Okay, and then uh, the other is is pressure. It kills joy. Okay, in other words, they felt pressure in their jobs, but they didn't feel any satisfaction when they got something done. It was just pressure to get the next thing done. And they said those two things were the leading cause of people uh, 
not liking what they did. So how do we stay at it? Whether it's at work, at home, uh, whether it's at church, how do we stay at what God has called us to do? Uh, I think that Paul gives us some things about that. And, and the basic premise is this. Whatever we do, whatever God's called us to do as Christians, we have to do it for Christ. Whatever we're called to do, we're to do it for Christ. All right? And so how do we do that? He tells us some things to do on, on staying at it. First of all, in verse 5, he says to do it conscientiously. Don't ask me how to spell that. We can tell you later. Okay? And he says, Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ. We're to be conscientious. We're to have concern for what we do. Uh, and we do that lest we come up short, okay? Um, the beatitude for our day is, blessed are they who fill up the positions they occupy. You see, if we're going to do work that's conscientious, in other words, we're good, we're concerned about our work, we want to do our best, whereas at work, at home, because you realize that home life is work too, right? And you realize church is work also, if we're going to work in the kingdom of God. And, and so if we're going to do that, we do it with concern. We do it to fill up the positions that God has called us to fill up. Okay? It's, it's, it's more than just what we do or how much we're paid or what we do. It's, it's more about why we do it. And then he says, do it in a commendable way. He says, we do our work as to Christ. We're obedient. We're doing it in sincerity of heart. We're doing it as to Christ. And the way to fill up your position, the way to make it glorify Christ is to fill it up. Fill it up with, with what he would have you to do and how he would have you to do it. And in our workplaces now, with as much hostility as uh, <clears throat> to Christians, that becomes harder and harder uh, to do. Uh, Mike Pence uh, spoke at Liberty University at their graduation this last weekend. And basically what he had told him was, was get ready. That there's more hostility towards Christianity than there's ever been in the United States. And, and uh, he said, you need to get ready to live your Christian life out in public. And you're going to get criticized for it. There's going to be opposition to it. And uh, so that was it. Uh, <clears throat> uh, my uncle uh, told me about staying at it conscientiously. Uh, he knew I was tired. I was working four hours a week and going to school full time. And, and, uh, and you know, there's, there's nothing like cleaning somebody's dirty plate and it's got dirty food and cigarette butts and all that to give you a humbling experience. Okay, and so I'm raking muck out of the plates and 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 washing them and doing all that every single day, and then staying afterwards to clean the kitchen and make sure everything will pass inspection. And uh, I was grumbling, and he says, "Gary, don't you know that if you're a dishwasher, be the best dishwasher you can be for Jesus?" He says, "If if you're mucking out stalls on the farm, muck them out for Jesus to be the best you can be and it was a it was a good life lesson for me to to just do the best you can at whatever God has called you to do uh, you see uh, you can clean a house for Jesus you can type for Jesus you can you can build for Jesus you can teach for Jesus you can even study for Jesus you need to understand whatever you do you play the piano for Jesus you lead the music for Jesus you serve as a deacon for Jesus you do Sunday school for Jesus do you sort of get the hint of what I'm saying you drive the van for Jesus it's it's not for show, it's not for glory, it's for service and sincerity of heart for Jesus. And so we need to do that conscientiously. Verse 6 tells us to do it consistently. 
And what do I mean by that? Here's what he says. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. You see, we do it with concentration. He says, look, a Christian worker does his best. He does his best all the time. That's what he meant by not as eye service, as men pleasers. Okay, he says you just do it. And then he says you do it uh, with circumspection. In other words, we, we don't do it to impress anybody, but it's like this. Character is what you do when nobody's watching. Okay? Character is what you do when nobody's watching. That includes when you're working. Uh, a lot of my jobs, uh, they just turned me loose and left me alone for eight hours, and they expected them when I came back. And, and fortunately, uh, that's what my dad had built into me. Uh, when you ask my dad what he taught his kids, he didn't teach us to pray, he didn't teach us anything. He said, I taught you to work. And that's what he wanted. Okay, and and we need to understand in our generation that we do it consistently. I love the old it's an old TV commercial, but it shows the bosses out and the office. They're throwing airplanes and having a party and just goofing off and all at once. He's coming. He's coming. And they're all busy. He walks in. He looks around and he says, why is it they're always so busy and we never get anything done? And then one of the coworkers finally tells him, it's your aftershave. They smell you coming. And the next day he doesn't wear his aftershave and he catches them all doing all those wild things. And, and, the, and the office is different. See, we're not to be that way. We're to see, okay, Jesus, when you come back, I want you to find me doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Now, have you thought about that? That when he comes back, he's going to interrupt history. When he comes back, the little things we have lined out to do, I want you to think about it. The things that we're so engaged in had better be worthy because he's going to interrupt that and call us home. Caught up in the air to meet with him at the trumpet sound. It's going to destroy a lot of uh, uh, of what's going on. See, that's why we make sure we're doing what we're supposed to be doing for the cause of Christ. That we're doing it how he would have us to do it. Because he's going to come back and we give an account of what we've done with the life that we have given to him. And so we, we work like we're working for Jesus because we are. And we work not as men pleasers, but we work as Jesus pleasers. We're doing our best for Jesus. And then the third thing in verses 7 and 8, he said we work contentedly. I think this is the hardest thing to do. Um, he says this, not, he says we do it with goodwill, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is slave or free. Is he contentedly? Uh, you see, it takes commitment to be contented. Uh, we do our best all the time. We do it the right spirit. We do it with the right attitude. That's what it means by with goodwill. Okay? Uh, I don't know about you, but there's, there's certain things that, that I always hated to do. All right? Uh, my dad, youngest memories I have, uh, he would have me sit on his chainsaw while he sharpened the chainsaw. If you didn't sit just right, the chainsaw wouldn't be still. Okay, and then I graduated to sharpening the chainsaw. It was worse. And then in the midst of that, you had to polish his boots every week. Okay, and he had learned how to polish his boots from his older brother who had been in the army, and they spit shined him. And if they weren't spit shined, you had to do it again. I want to tell you, I hated polishing boots worse than anything in the world. I might have to do them three times before they were shiny enough. Okay, That's why to this day, if you look at my shoes, and Larry Rose reminds me of this occasionally, they're not shined. There's a reason. Okay, I should shine them. I know how to shine them. I know how to do it. I just don't like it. But I learned that if I would do it right, 
Dad didn't make me redo it. And I also learned not to grumble about it, okay? Dad had a way of dealing with grumbling that wasn't very pleasant. Uh, you didn't roll your eyes, and you didn't grumble. Children were to be seen and not heard, okay? And now he lets the same kids that he would have given us spanking for dance on the table at mealtime, and he just eats and says, aren't they sweet? I don't know who invaded my father, but he's lost his ever-loving mind. But it was good life lessons, okay, because, because you see, we're to do it contentedly. How, do you, how are you content at work when it might not be uh, like it's supposed to be? How are you content when things aren't fair? Because if you hadn't realized it, things are not fair at work. People that get promotions usually don't deserve them, right? Hello. Not always, but a lot of the time. And things don't go well because if you're not a drinking buddy with the boss, you don't get the extra good report that other folks get. It's not right. But you see, we're contented knowing that we're doing our work for Jesus. And Brother Creese used to tell me this, Gary, just bloom where you're planted. In other words, whatever God has for you to do, do it contentedly. Be the best you can be where he has planted you. If it's God's will for you to move on, you'll move on. And then you don't just do it out of commitment. You do it out of conviction. Our work is done joyfully. It's not grudgingly. We do it to the Lord. Uh, you said we render our service with goodwill. Okay. And it means that what we're doing, we know we do for Jesus. He's promised us a benefit of that. The more we do it for Jesus contentedly without grumbling, the more uh, we receive good things. Okay. Uh, you see... Uh, it might cause you consternation or me consternation, but that's because we might not have the proper attitude, okay? We can face it joyfully or grudgingly. We can face it with a positive attitude or a negative attitude. And I've learned that that makes all the difference in the world. What I've also learned is that I've had all kinds of jobs um, that weren't very glorified, okay? Uh, when you work at the Hilton as a night bellman, you see things that you don't ever want to see. Okay, and I did that my first year of seminary. Worked all night, went to school all day, and then slept three hours and then went back to work. And, and the worst thing was they'd come out of that bar when it closed at 2 in the morning, and they'd start throwing up on the floor. There was no janitor on duty, so guess who got to go clean up the vomit? Okay, and then my, uh, my supervisor, a lady supervisor, decided she didn't like me because I was a Christian. And so not only did I have to do that, I had to go around to all the little cigarette things and clean out the cigarette butts, okay? And you're supposed to have a little scoop that strains them. She says, I couldn't find the scoop, and so you'd have to pick them out of there, okay? And, and I learned real quick that my attitude, if I was a pleasant attitude, it irked her. If it was a bad attitude, she was happy. So I decided I was going to irk her. If you don't know what irk means, your parents will explain that to you later, I was just stubborn enough that's the way it was going to be, okay? But you see, what I learned, there's no job so lowly, there's no job you can't take pride in, no work so demeaning that you can't breathe soul into it, and no work so dull you can't enliven it. Because the way I enlivened it, those very people that, that wanted to, to try to uh, persecute me uh, were the ones that I began to witness to. And slowly but surely they began to come around uh, by the time that... Uh, uh, I left to get married because I worked there till I got married. And uh, the greatest witness you can give as a Christian is whatever you do, you do it as to the Lord. You do it with the right attitude, okay? Uh, you, you really are consistent with it, okay? And, and you really conscientious in doing it. You see, wherever we work, it should change the workplace. You see, uh, we need to understand that we sow or we reap what we sow. 
he says, knowing that you do this, you'll reap from the Lord the rewards. Okay, and when you do that, you do. You became known as as a person. Uh, 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 I don't know. Uh, uh, at seminary, uh, I went to work for the yard crew. The yard crew mowed, weed eated, planted flowers, trimmed hedges, all those things. It didn't take me very long, and you always started out on the power mowing crew because if you couldn't handle that, they didn't want you there. And I was on the power mowing crew exactly two days, and they moved me to a different crew. And people began to complain and said, why, why do you do that? And my boss said, can you drive a tractor? Nope, Gary can. Uh, can you pull a trailer? Nope, Gary can. And suddenly I was so grateful that my dad had taught me to do all those things. And only to do them, to do them without having wrecks and, and causing people harm. Uh, because I didn't have to push mow anymore. I got to trim hedges at the president's office and worry about whether or not it was going to be done right. And if he didn't like it, you had to pick up all the leaves to make sure that it looked nice. Because if it didn't look nice, you were in trouble. So what would I tell you today? Whatever you're doing today, if you're retired, stay at it. If you're working, stay at it. If you're at church, stay at it. If you're married, stay at it. Okay, if you're single, stay at it. <laughs> yeah, okay. He's, he, he's watching me look at him. I didn't say his name. Okay. But the main thing is just stay at it. Stay at it. Okay. Yeah, you know, uh, just stay at it. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. We're going to have a, just a brief invitation time. Maybe you just want to. Come and commit your work to Christ. Maybe you just want to come and commit your church work to Christ. Maybe you want to commit uh, uh, your schoolwork. Some are in school. Your study time belongs to Jesus. Your grades is your job right now, whether you believe it or not. Uh, maybe you want to come and commit your family and your family work, and what you're going to hope to accomplish in your family for Christ. Maybe you need to turn that over to Christ. I don't know. Maybe you're here and not saved and you need to accept Christ. Maybe you're here and you need to rededicate. But whatever you need to do, I'm going to pray. And then we're going to stand and sing. Father God, thank you for this evening. Thank you for your word. How it encourages us, how it challenges us to, to have the right attitude, to be conscientious, to, to do it with concern, Lord, to, to glorify you in all that we say and do so that you will shine as a light in the midst of a dark world. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.